Blog Talk Radio. And welcome to The Art of Film Funding. I'm your co-host, Claire Papan, along with Carol Dean, author of the best-selling book, The Art of Film Funding. Carol is also the founder and president of From the Heart Productions and the host of this show. Award-winning director, writer, actress, Christina Beck, began her career as a teenager, acting in such cult films as Suburbia, Boys Next Door, and Dudes, all directed by Penelope Spiris. Christina's feature screenplay, Perfection, was one of five contenders for the IFP Best Screenplay Award and was the project selected for the IFP Rough Cut Labs in New York, as well as winner of the Adrian Shelley Female Directing Grant and chosen to be the IFP's Spotlight Screening of the Year, sponsored by Time Warner and SAG Indie. She just finished a successful crowdfunding campaign for Perfection's finishing funds with Seed and Spark. And Carol, Christina is also fiscally sponsored by From the Heart Productions, right? Yes, she is, Claire, and she's a joy to work with. Thank you, Christina, for coming on the show with us today. Well, thank you so much for having me. Well, from what I read, you're the total filmmaker, and I understand (laughs) that you wrote, starred in, your own film, Perfection. So where on earth did you get the idea that you could do it all, that this was the way to do it? You just jumped in with both feet, and you were successful. We'd all like to know what happened, how it happened. Well, um, you know, for me, it happened pretty organically. I... um, didn't just wake up one morning and said, I, you know, I, I have to do it all. <laughs> I, I sort of um, have always had an, an instinct in terms of my work, meaning um, I started out as an actress and, um, and I've worked, um, like you mentioned, with Penelope Ferris uh, when I was a teenager. And she was my first introduction really to filmmaking in, on the set and in production. And I had no idea at the time, you know, what uh, anomaly she was. You know, I didn't, I thought, you know, um, what she was doing, there were lots of other women doing it. And, of course, later on, I'm, I was, <laughs> it was sad to see that, that she really was the exception. And, um, but that said, it was very, very inspiring being on her set, um, you know, working with her and watching her um you know, uh, work with a crew, work with us actors. Uh, she also wrote um, her projects as well. And so that was sort of um, my beginning in terms of filmmaking. I came also from a, um, a theater background. So after I worked with her, I moved to New York City. Um, I'm from L.A. originally. But I moved to New York because I felt like I really wanted I wanted to be a real actor. Um and so um, you know, I studied and, and an acting teacher uh in New York at the time, E. Catherine Kerr, who booked a lot on, on Broadway and um and she did films back then as well. 
But she um, basically said to a bunch of us, look, you know, the business is changing, and um, especially for women, the kind of roles that you want to play that we get to do here in theater, you may not get an opportunity to do, especially in film and television. So I highly suggest you start writing. And I oh, really? Oh, Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, this was in my early 20s, and um, and I definitely took that to heart. And a group of women that were also in this particular uh, class, we formed a theater company, and we all wrote pieces. Um, basically, at that time, we kind of just wrote monologues and then um, performed them at the Samuel Beckett Theater in New York. And, and I worked with those women on a couple different um, productions and then moved back to L.A., and um, and continue to write and act. And really, the directing came in a little bit later when I realized, especially in film, that it's a director's medium. Um, you know, I, I wrote and acted in a couple of short films that some friends of mine directed, which was really fun. However, it became really clear pretty quickly for me that my vision, you know, was a little bit wider than just showing up as an actor and as a writer. And and that can cause a little conflict with a director when, you know, I had, well, wait a minute, I thought this song would go great there. And it's like, "Mm, yeah, nice, but you're not the director. You know, so um, I I really had my first opportunity to to do all of those things um, when I uh, worked with Fox Searchlight on the short film version of my feature film Perfection. And that's okay. titled Slide. And that's where I met you, Carol. Oh, really? Years ago. Oh, that, and tell me about that. <laughs> was Raleigh? Well, yes, yes. That was, you know, when I um, I made that, well, the story behind that was I was um, working with a theater company here in L.A., downtown, called Downtown Playhouse. We did a bunch of different productions and worked out every week mostly doing Meisner, which was fantastic. And um, and one of the guys in my class, he also was an executive, and he said, oh, have you ever, um, have you tried out for, at the time they had this new director's program with Fox Searchlight. And so I was like, no, you know, I wasn't, I hadn't really directed before. I, I directed some theater, but I hadn't directed film. And, um, and felt, Quite honestly, a little intimidated. I didn't have any credits. So I was like, eh, you know. And then he was kind of persistent about following through on it. So I just, I, what, what you did with that is that you had to submit a feature-length screenplay to be considered, which at that time I had a pretty rough draft of this feature. Um, at the time, again, it was titled Slice. So I submitted that, and um, by my amazement, I got in, and I was like, oh, wow. And um, and it was an incredible opportunity. Um, they gave us equipment and cameras and use of the studio, and, um, and then basically a first-look deal with Fox to make the feature version. However, part of the thing was they um, they didn't want you to use uh, scenes from the actual feature screenplay. We had to rewrite scenes. So, so you know, I had to turn in drafts of the early, early um, yeah, short script 
and then get notes and then come back. And so that went on for a few months. And then finally they would say, okay, now you can shoot. And then we shot, um, it was over, um, I think it was over like Easter break because at the time I was teaching and so I didn't have time to shoot. So I was like, oh, let's do it over Easter. So we shot it and then it was a similar process with the editing, whereas we would turn in cuts and they would give us notes. And so that said, I finished that short with them and then um, had this first look deal, but the studio was kind of changing. Peter Rice was there at the time and it looked like he was about to leave. And it was a great opportunity. However, now I was sort of locked in this contract with them and afraid that they wouldn't get, let me out of it and it didn't seem like they were even going to make the film. So um, very, very luckily, a female executive over at Fox um, watched the short, really loved it. She said, you know, i got to be honest with you, I don't think Searchlight would be making this film anytime soon, <laughs> but but I think you should absolutely make the film in your vision, in your voice. So I'm going to sign off on this, and, and you go do that. So, oh, good. Um, that was wonderful. Yeah. Oh, it was a gift. Yeah, absolutely. But then that's when I started um, seeking out resources. Okay, how am I going to get this feature film made? And um, and I found you online, and you had a workshop uh, over at Raleigh Studios at the time, so I came to your workshop, um, and then we screened um, the short, and you gave me wonderful feedback and were so encouraging and supportive. And I'll never forget that because, you know, at that time I was really, you know, such a newbie and had no idea what I was getting into. <laughs> really, boy, was I naive. Um, so that said, you know, that was the beginning of that. And also... Um, you know, it was such a pleasure to meet you, and it's so wild that, you know, all these years later, here we are full circle. Isn't this fun? I love this industry mm-hmm. because we're all in here for for a long term. So you, a guy in the film industry explained to me years ago, we were at dinner, and he said, do you see this pea, this green pea on my plate? He said, I can move it from this company to this company to this company, moving it around the plate, saying, I might move from one company to another, but I'm never going to get off the plate. We'll always be in the same industry, Carol. And that guy was a salesperson um, for Technicolor, and he eventually became the president. So, wow. So what is fun is when you start out in the industry, the people you know are moving as you're moving up, Christina. They're moving up so mm-hmm. that you soon are able to call up people and go right to the head of the company, and it's it's a great feeling because you've put in your time, right? Well, we'll see. Yeah, <laughs> you know, I'd like to think so. I don't think, you know, I don't think for anyone it's a straight line, you know, Um it's uh it's it's life work for sure. I agree with that, you know. Um and if you have that whatever thing in you, you know, that sadly and happily I have, which is, you know, I'm I'm very um I'm very committed to my work, you know, I, I feel like it's why I'm here. So uh for better or for worse, I'm in it. I'm in it for the long haul. Let, let me ask you when you're acting teacher told you to start writing 
and you did that that was obviously very good advice because you were able to write scenes or shorts or plays and then act in them is that correct yes absolutely and you know it's interesting because nowadays that's still kind of the way i write that's my way in you know i just um had a great opportunity over the summer to write a script for someone else um a lot of male characters a few female characters, but something that I'm not going to act in or direct. However, I do find that my way into a story is from that point of view. And, um, you know, whether it's thinking about other actors who could play those roles, even if maybe they're not cast, you know, it sort of helps me to um, to get into a story. And then once I'm in the story, then, of course, the, the beauty of writing, it just kind of takes you where it's going to take you, God willing. <laughs> and hopefully it's, it's going to take you somewhere and then, you know, you just follow that road. But um, but I, I definitely come from, and I think it's the same as a, as uh, a director for me. You know, I I really, I'm an actor's director. I, I really um, feel like performance and um, and casting is key, and I think any director would say that for sure. But I'm certainly not the most technical director. Um, I rely heavily on my DP and uh, my team to, um, you know, to deal with more of that stuff. I, I have I have some knowledge, you know, but um, but I'm definitely more keyed into performance and making the experience for the actors, you know, as a uh, as safe and also as fun and a, a place to explore and feel like they can really bring all that they have to the piece. Well, that pays off. That's what that's what works. So you um, so you would say to actors then learn to write. And well, let me ask you, where did you get your screenwriter training? Because to me, I love to write, but uh, I would never attempt. Uh, dialogue. I think that's probably the hardest thing in the world to write. Um, how, who did you study with, and what do you suggest people study with? Uh, books or classes that helped you? Well, um, you know, I I can't say that I actually really studied with anyone um, to write. I kind of learned on the job, and. Um, for me, um, just reading a lot of scripts as an actor was very helpful. Um, I also was in many writing groups, which was incredibly helpful and continues to be, um, you know, where we would read each other's work and get feedback. And um, I also studied and still do from time to time with a teacher here in Los Angeles when she's in town. Her name is Joan Darling, and she is an incredible woman. Just, you know, being around her energy is incredible and just a gift. Um, but she's also a writer, and um, she would encourage us to bring in pieces, and we would workshop stuff with her. Um, I, you know, writing to me, it's tricky, you know, because it's, it's that thing where um, I don't know if you can teach someone to write. You can teach, you can show you know how to do structure you can read books about about dialogue and things like that but 
my experience is so much about writing and rewriting and rewriting and rewriting and getting into the core of, you know, the world of these characters. Again, I come at it from a very character-driven place. So the dialogue comes um, out of what needs to be said, these characters talking to each other, you know, and a lot of times it's overwritten, and then those are early drafts that, you know, my friends or my colleagues say, ooh, you know, like, you don't you don't need all that, you know, let's show it, don't say it. And, you know, it's, it's I think, a muscle that just gets stronger the more you do it, quite frankly. Um, and... And, you know, hearing it out loud, you know, reading, uh, writing something and then getting some actors together and just hearing it out loud and especially with dialogue, you know, does it, does it make, you know, does it work? Is there a laugh depending on what kind of piece it is? But also always remembering, especially with film, that it is a visual medium. So therefore, like, really, where can I tell this story visually, you know, without having, I mean, I love not having a lot of dialogue. Like, that's my favorite thing. So if I can create story within that, that's my goal. Um, but that said, everyone's different. You know, there's some wonderful writing teachers out in the world and, and really wonderful books. Um, but I think at the end of the day, like everything else, you just got to jump in and do it. You have to do it, right. Get in there and do it. Well, <clears throat> Um, talk about less dialogue. I've been watching Ray Donovan. And this mm. guy, he has the least dialogue of any character I've seen in a long time. And yet mm. he's the most intense person. So mm-hmm. it's more acting and less uh, dialogue with with uh, the, uh, Ray Donovan on the show. Um mm-hmm. What do you suggest if people want uh, who are starting out to write? Where would what are the your favorite movies or TV shows to watch for good writing? Wow, well, there's there's a ton of them. I mean, you know, um, movies. I mean, gosh, you know, there's the movies that I watched growing up that really influenced my life. And they may sound funny, but, like, for one, which is definitely an all-time favorite movie, is um, Saturday Night Fever, believe it or not. Oh, um, God, I, I love that. You're right. <laughs> I just, you know, I love the dancing, of course, and I and I kind of, you know, I love the story. I like the storytelling visually. Um, and it's it's a really kind of intense, heavy movie, too. You know, I saw it when I was quite young, and then, of course, I've watched it many, many times since then, and and I think about it, I was like, wow, that was, you know, there's some there's some dark stuff that happens in that film. Um, however, I feel like it's very truthful, and the performances are great. Um, so, you know, I mean, I have kind of a wacky background. Like I said, I grew up in L.A., and my parents were in the business. My father was an actor uh, in the 50s. He worked in television, and my mother... Um, was also acting a bit in New York in theater, but then she ended up later in life working behind the camera as a hairstylist. So she worked on Seinfeld for years. And, you know, so I kind of grew up on these sets um, and and got to watch, you know, a lot of people work. And, and, um, and you know, I think we all kind of gravitate to our own style. But to answer your question today, you know, there's a film writer 
filmmaker, uh, director who I love and just think is amazing, and her name's Andrea Arnold, and um, she was just in town screening um, a feature film that she made a couple of years back called Fish Tank, and um, she was actually at the Cine family showing the film, and Jill Soloway was there, and they had a great Q&A talking about her process, and the way that Andrea tells this story visually just blows my mind, you know, and I've seen the film probably three or four times and and watching it one more time, you know, I just, yeah. her work is so intimate and, uh, and truthful and, you know, I can't imagine, you know, I, I just aspire to do half of what she can do. Um, but that said, I would tell anyone to watch her films. Um, her, for, her first short film that I saw is called Wash, and that was um, out a while ago as well, and she actually won an Oscar for that. And you can watch it on YouTube. It's it's so compelling and just really fantastic. I just think her work is definitely something to watch for someone who's up and coming and really wants to learn how to tell a story visually. Okay, it's Lost, L-O-S-T? No, Wasp, W-A-S-T. Oh, okay. C. Yeah, Wasp. All right, and got that. Wasp and uh, Andrea Arnold? That's, yeah. Yeah, she's from the U.K. Okay, great. All right, so that's good. That's someone to watch and, and follow. Absolutely. Well, okay, let's start with your, let's talk about your great film, uh, Perfection. And tell us, uh, <laughs> you, after you after you got your release from Fox, you said, okay, I'm going to work on my own script then. Is that when you took it up and decided to go for it? Yes, and like I said, very naively, I just thought, well, you know, um, I'm going to um, just, figure out how to make this movie somehow, some way. And um, and let's see, I there's an organization in New York called the IFP, the Independent Feature Project, which was once um, film independent, which is here in L.A. They were together, but then they uh, split off. And so the IFP in New York, I submitted to, at the time, they had um, a kind of a screenplay competition type thing or a contest, and um, I submitted to them and, and was very fortunate to um, be selected. They selected five scripts um, out of a certain amount of submissions, and then um, I got to go to New York, and then uh, I was not selected. I didn't. I was a finalist. I didn't, you know, win the prize, <laughs> but um, but I did because I got to go to New York and meet with the people at the IFP who were wonderful, really wonderful champions of this film for many years to come. Um, so after that, part of what they do there is they have this, um, and I think they call it something else now, but at the time it was called Independent Film Week, and I think it just happened since September, and they set up meetings for um, filmmakers with production companies and uh, representation, and they're just an incredible resource. Um, And so um, at the time, my uh, friend and producer, Annette Murphy, came with me to New York, and we had a lot of meetings, and people really, really liked the script. Um, But however... (laughs) 
with following up with people, um, you know, it's like, how do you seal the deal? You know, I mean, it's sort of like it's, it's nice to meet people and that's fantastic. And the truth is those relationships, you know, like you were talking about before, you know, they're, it's planting seeds. So um, I took the short film uh, slice and I went to Cannes because I thought, well, I'm going to go to Cannes and I'm going to meet people there. So uh, I naively went to Cannes on my own and um, knocked on doors. <laughs> and uh, I submitted slice um, to their short film corner, um, which is actually in the basement of the of the Grand Palais Theater. You know, they have all those gorgeous red carpet um, premieres and everything. And it's that same building, but, you know, the short films are literally down in the basement. <laughs> so um, not many people saw the film, but I did end up meeting a lot of people. And, um, and uh, you know, through that, I, uh, I, you know, I came back to L.A. and... Um, and basically, um, again, just could not find any, you know, real funding. So I met Murphy and I put our heads together and we said, you know, let's just let's just start shooting. Let's just make it ourselves. You know, I, I made some short, other short films in the meantime just to, you know, keep learning and growing. And, um, and I could make those with no money. So I thought, well, it's, it's kind of like making a short film, let's just do it on the weekends and see uh, how far we can get. And that's exactly what we did. So we had a little bit of money, and and I took out a credit card, which I said I would never do, and I did. (laughs) And we just paid for food and and the real basic necessities. We shot mostly in my home, in my apartment, and um, we got all the locations for free. And um, it became this really incredible thing in many ways, um, mostly because at the time I had a day job. I was working as a production assistant for Michael Eisner's company. They were doing this uh, show, and some good friends of mine were writers on that show, and so it gave me a steady paycheck. It wasn't much, but it was some something consistent. So while I was shooting on the weekends and editing at night, um I was working on this TV show, and so part of that was I was meeting people, and I was so in this project that, like anyone I met for more than two seconds, I was, you know, I was like, I was glowing, you know, like I'm making this movie, I'm so excited, and and people got really excited with me, you know, and wanted to help in whatever way they could, and the generosity of of the spirit of just wanting to be a part of something really carried this project to this day, honestly. Um, but that said, uh, we we ended up cutting together about 75, 76 minutes of footage. And the IFT has a thing called the Rough Cut Labs. So we put that, you know, footage together and made the deadline for that and sent it out. And um, we're, we were selected. They select 10 projects a year. Um, but you know, hence the name Rough Cut Lab. Most of the other uh, films that were selected, literally that was their rough cut. And and this for us was just kind of footage. You know, like we still had like a little more or a little less than half the film to shoot. So, oh, my gosh. You only oh shot yeah. half of the film? 
And you, they thought they took it as a rough cut? That's incredible. Well, yeah. I mean, we had this wonderful young editor that came over. We worked night and day to make the deadline, and, and we really just kind of pieced together a story, which was, you know, was there, but uh, but it certainly wasn't finished. But it was also something that I learned, too, because the actual script that I wrote, you know, that got us the, you know, got the IFP nomination and all that, you know, that ended up, this, what we ended up shooting in that script were different. And what I've learned also is there's kind of the script that you write to get people excited and to get people involved, especially, you know, actors and, and financiers and stuff, hopefully. <laughs> and then there's actually the script that you shoot because, again, there's there's so there was a lot of extraneous stuff that when I got to finally work with an editor in our final edit, we just didn't need it, you know. I mean, it was like a lot of double beats and things that we've already, you know, if you see it visually, you don't need to say it. And very simple stuff that I just started to learn from this process, which I hadn't before. Um, so through the Rough Cut Lab, we met more people. It was really, really helpful. Um, that's when the Adrian Shelley Foundation came in. And they gave us a grant, which was incredible. Wait, wait, hold on. We want to hear more about that. But when you do the the Shelley Foundation grant, I want to hear about that. But you say you met more people and they were very helpful, like people offering you discounts on services or what? Absolutely, yeah. You were were so open to everything. I think that's the key here that I want anyone listening to understand that you are just, here you are, you're like this bright light moving through the world saying, I'm making a fantastic film, I'm having so much fun, and everybody wants to join you, which is exactly how it should be. So, like, what were people offering and what were they saying? Well, thank you for saying that, by the way, because, you know, it's funny, when you're in the middle of this kind of thing and, you know, not everyone, it doesn't take everyone two and a half years to shoot their first feature film, you know, and to keep that energy going and that excitement was really so much about the energy that I got back, you know, which was, um, you know, the people involved. I had an incredible crew and, and a cast that was, you know, these people were not getting paid, you know, and they were absolutely showing up with so much talent and so much love for the actual project that people just really wanted to see it through because they felt connected and committed to telling the story. And, you know, the story, I guess I'm going to kind of backtrack for a minute, the story came out of a really painful period of my life. Um, I This is not an autobiography kind of film um i the subject matter basically is about a woman who cuts herself and her mother is anticipated a plastic surgery hence the name perfection and um and they um are both you know really suffering from the same thing which is this lack of self-love and self-acceptance um there's a British stand-up comic that comes into the picture along with some other really wonderful characters that, you know, help these women learn to love themselves from the inside out. And that's certainly been my own personal journey. I was not a cutter, um, but I was um, suffering from a lot of just 
um, negative thoughts and old ideas about myself and fear and, you know, growing up in L.A. and being an actress and, you know, not succeeding, quote-unquote, you know, I started out, as I mentioned earlier, you know, working with Penelope and that was fantastic and then things really dried up and I couldn't, um, I just never felt pretty enough or, you know, talented enough or whatever, you know, and and I, I'm like most artists, pretty sensitive. And so I took that to mean something that I know today, thank God, isn't really true. You know, this business is, has a lot of variables. But, it, but you know, to base my self-worth and self-love on anything outside of myself today, I know is um, it's not where I want to be. However, back then, I didn't know that. So you know, the character really came, especially the character of Christabel, who's the protagonist in the story, really came out of a place of um, a lot of fear and self-loathing. And her journey in the film is basically learning how to love herself and letting people in and love her uh, and uh, and to accept, you know, life's imperfections and our own personal imperfections. So with that, you know... I just felt compelled to get this story out into the world. And everyone involved, I think, really felt the same way. And, and uh, so that momentum and and that love of this project really kept us going. Um, but to answer your question before, um, the IFP, I can't say enough about them. They're an incredible resource. You know, they... Um, we went back to the Independent Film Week again, and we met um, we met a lot of uh, film festival programmers. We met um, this amazing woman, um, Cassandra, who has a company called Edgework Studios, and um, she came to a screening that the IFP um, put together for us. It was like a sneak preview screening, and she uh-huh. loved the film and wanted to be a part of this uh, journey, and so she donated um, our color correction. Oh, and how our, wonderful. And our title sequence, which was huge, you know. Again, like, there was never a budget for these things, you know. And post-production was just this whole other world that I had no idea, no idea how uh, intense all of that was going to be. Um, so... So, but that was very helpful. And then, like I mentioned before, um, I was working in television, and during the day I um, was getting lunch for people at Tadeo, which is was sadly it's, it's closed down now. Um, but it was um, one of the major uh, post-production sound houses in LA. And uh, and during lunch, you know, what are you up to on the weekends? Well, I'm shooting this movie, and oh, let us know when you're done. And, you know, God bless the guy over there, Richard. You know, we showed up and we were like, well, we're finished and we've loved, you know. And so he did our sound mix for us. And um, once again, unheard of. And just I don't even know how much that would even cost, honestly. Um, uh, and the same thing with another post house here in L.A. Um, called Audiohead when we had some other fixes to do. Um Ricky DeLuna, he he jumped in, and I mean, so there's just been countless people who have stepped up and have and have given us services so generously. It's like, yeah, mind blowing. 
mind-blowing. It certainly is, but you're only um, saying what I always say, that we have the nicest people in the world in our industry. And I'm so glad that you have found that to be true. I always have. Um, I Mm -hmm. love donors that we've uh, collected through the years for the film grant. The good news is that they, if when they come on board, they just stay and stay. And, mm-hmm. uh, and it likes the gentleman that owns Edgewise now, uh, which is now media distributors. And, um, you know, one year I had called him and said, are you still in for the grant this year? And I didn't hear from him. And then I got really, fear took over, you know, oh, my God, what's wrong? And so I uh, I emailed him, and he said, of course. (laughs) Don't even ask me. I'm Uh in. I'll be here every year for you. And uh, and so they give $1,500 to each winner. There's three winners a year now. And Mm -hmm. that's... To me, it's a marvelous way because the, then not only do you get into uh, media distributors, they know who you are. You get on the books, you uh, you get a good price, and you've got that contact for the rest of your life, right? Yeah. So yeah. All the people that you worked with are beneficial to you for your future films. That's so important. Absolutely. Well, yeah. Tell me about winning the Shelley Grant. Well, that was a, a really huge honor. I um, was such a fan of her work, you know, and really going back to one of your earlier questions, you know, like how did you know that you could, you know, write and direct and, and act and all that. And, you know, she was doing this way back in the day and really beautifully. Um, I just, I've always really resonated with her work and, um and like everyone else, was pretty devastated, you know, with her um, with her death. And um, her husband Andy is an incredibly uh, wonderful man, and he so quickly put together this this uh, foundation in her name to support other women directors. And um, so to be a part of that was just it really. Um, it really was such an honor, and uh, I got to go to New York and, and meet him, and um, and um, yeah, and they still to this day are so incredibly supportive, you know, and they they always are checking in with all the people that they, all the women that they've given grants to, you know, what's going on, you know, how can we get the word out about your project? We want to know what's happening, you know. That guy, he works tirelessly with his team and is really devoted to uh, supporting women directors and and writers. And, um, yeah, I mean, we're so lucky to have someone like him around, for sure. Well, and what's the last name of the grant, Shelley what? It's it's the Adrian Shelley Foundation. Foundation. Adrian Shelley is a writer-director who uh, died a few years ago, um, very tragically and suddenly, and... um, and and you know her husband really made a beautiful uh, thing out of something very tragic. How lovely and and wonderful that you were a part of it. Oh uh, yeah, I'm very grateful. Very very grateful. 
Well, once you finished, could you look back and say what your budget was for the film? I mean, it sounds like it was about $2.15 or what you said. But I'm sure you had to have some cash. Um, Can you share that info with us? Sure, as best I can. You know, it's still going. Basically, what what ended up happening is um, we we finished principal photography, as I mentioned, and then... We uh, we got this amazing sound mix and uh, our titles and our color correction, and we went on to uh, do some festivals, which was fantastic and a wonderful experience. And um, personally, some stuff happened in my life where my both of my parents passed away right in a very short amount of time, and um, and you know. As you can imagine, you know, the people that have been involved in the film needed to move on and do other things with their lives. So things kind of got put on hold for a little while. Um, Our executive producer, Tatiana Kelly, who is an incredible woman, she came on board and really helped, um, you know, get the film in the can, so to speak, and helped so much with our festival run and, and, and just really, really supportive and encouraging um, but, you know, we still had a lot of things to pay for um, before getting distribution. So uh, just very recently, as you know, as my fiscal sponsor, um, we did a crowdfunding campaign this past August, and um, we raised the, our finishing funds to pay for the sort of last things that need to be paid for, um, and then we are right now in the process of negotiating our distribution. Um, so that said, on a clear number, it's tricky to say. <laughs> Honestly, it's still kind of putting it together. But I could fair, I could definitely say it's under, well under a hundred, a hundred thousand for sure. Oh my gosh, that's the magic number these days. It truly well, is. I hear yeah. to get in the industry, your first film. If you can do your first film under 100, and have it look like much more than that, and uh, get some uh, decent reviews, even if if everybody in there is an unknown actor, that is still uh, the springboard to take you for larger budgets and easier funding, right? I would think so. I mean, you know, there's still... That's my dog, Normandy. Um there's still a few um, things that need to be paid for, and you know, and we're working on that. Um, but yeah, I think to keep the budget as low as possible, for sure. You know, there's like everything else in the world right now. You know, there's really nothing in the middle. There's tiny budgets and crazy, enormous budgets in films, especially. Um, so, if uh, for someone who's starting out, you know, and creating something that is their vision and some, you know, the kind of stories and and aesthetic that they want to put out in the world, you know, to do it as um, economically as possible is definitely the way to go, Um, as opposed to not doing it. You know, I mean, very easily we could have given up like a hundred times, a thousand times, you know, this is just too hard. It's like, how is this? You know, um, but I, I'm very, very grateful to everyone involved um, that really hung in there and and saw this project through to the end. And, you know, 
I think I think uh, that's the most important thing is to do it because there's just a lot. Just do it. You you and Nike are, are right on. Yeah. Just do it. This is the best <laughs> way to get it done. You know, I always say tenacity is the backbone of the filmmaker, and you certainly have mm-hmm. proven that. So basically, what were your t- your roles in in uh, making of the film? You were the writer, the producer. Did you act in it? Yes, um, I play uh, the protagonist, Christabel. Um, I did write the screenplay, and uh, and in the end, I've done a lot of producing. Yeah. <laughs> so well done, writer, producer, actor. Great. Now, what about social networking? Were you in charge of that, and, ha- and tell us what you've done? Well, um, just to backtrack, I'm also the director of the film. So. <laughs> of course, that was the yeah, most yeah. important thing. Sorry. Okay. Yeah, no, it's quite all right. Um, you know, the social networking part has been really an interesting learning curve. Um, you know, that since we first started making this film till now, you know, it's, it's really everything. Um, and... Uh, I'm certainly no expert at it. You know, I have a Twitter account and Facebook page and all that stuff, and I'm not the best at um, doing those things every minute of the day, which is what I've heard that you really need to do. Um, But I do my best, and I think it's important, you know, it's an important resource to get the word out about our work, basically. Um, I think... There's, I mean, there's a lot of people that are that are really fantastic with this stuff. I, I wish I was, I was more savvy or honestly had the time. You know, it, it feels like it is. It does take a lot of time, but I do think it's essential to put in at least a little bit every day to let people know what you're up to and what's going on with the project. And um, and that's how we communicate nowadays. You know, that's that's our way of doing it. Which in one way is really fantastic because. You know, once upon a time, like, who could afford to take out an ad and, you know, the trades or whatever? You know, we don't really have to do that, especially with an indie film. You know, if you can get enough people um, liking your page and following your tweets and all that good stuff, then, then you know, it's a, you know, there is that opportunity for a very uh, intimate, you know, uh, personable relationship with, our audiences, which is which is fantastic. Exactly, and and for uh, your distribution, you need to bring your own audience with you these days, right? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's a different time, you know. I mean, even again since we first started making this film to now, you know, I mean, very naively we thought like, oh, you know, we'll get the film finished and then we'll get a deal and then we can pay everyone back from that deal and you know, less, well, whatever, 10 years ago, that was absolutely possible. Um, and today it's not. We're living in a different world. You know, that's just not the way it goes. Um, there are other platforms, and I'm certainly learning about all of that. And um, I know that the point is to get the work and the, and the film out into the world, which is my intention. Great. I'm sure you'll do well. It's just a new learning curve. You're going to learn yep. it. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, I didn't go to film school. I Everything that I've learned has been experiential. And, um, and I'm really, really actually grateful for that as well because, 
you know, for me, it's it's not an intellectual process. I'm I'm definitely a more tactile person. So, you know, to be able to actually have experience in everything in this journey of making a film, I have something that I know in my in my you know cells how to do now. You know, it's not um, it's not an intellectual process for me. Right. Well, I know that you spoke at UCLA recently about your filmmaking experience, and Kim Alderman said that you did a brilliant job explaining filmmaking procedures. So maybe you have some tips you'd like to share now with our audience about filmmaking. Well, sure, absolutely. I mean, I think the number one thing is story. You know, if you have a story that you feel like you have to tell, you know, that's that's where it starts for sure. And um and really, you know, from there it's, you know, looking around in your own community, what kind of resources you have, the people that you know already, you know. Um I know a lot of filmmakers all over the world that have, you know, it's like we start where we live. And, you know, it doesn't have to mean that you're telling your own personal story, but I do think stories that are really connected to something that you feel connected to um, will keep you invested in the long haul because, um, I mean, I don't know. I don't have any other experience personally. So so with that, you know, just, um, you know, putting together your resources and setting a date. You know, a lot of times it's just like it's never going to be the right time. It's never going to be enough money. There's never going to be, you know... <laughs> Whatever. It's, it's sometimes you just have to set the date and show up and do it as best you can, and know that you know you're on, you're signing on for a ride. Yes, bumps with bumps and speed bumps, just like a roller coaster yes. ride, and you have to be set for the entire ride, and you can't get off of this thing until it gets right back where you started, which is exactly what you want. But now you have a film to bring home with you, right? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You know, and and again, you know, it's like I I don't have children. I didn't give birth in this lifetime, but um, but for me, it's like you know, I just want to make another one. And I hear women that have babies. They're like, I just want to have another baby. It's like, oh, I never felt that, but boy, you know, I can't wait to make another film. <laughs> oh well, that so. brings to what you've got coming up. I know of two projects you're working on. One is Dig Me, a retro sex comedy set in Los Angeles, and Grace, set in France. So what is the status of these projects? Well, Expecting Grace um, is set in Marseille, France, and uh, it's a story I started writing a couple years ago while I was on the festival circuit with Perfection. And, um, you know, I was in uh, Paris, and I just... Noticing, you know, just the sort of racial climate. It just seemed like there was a lot of tension going on, especially um, with the Muslim communities as opposed to here. I mean, in L.A., like, we're so segregated. I've learned later um, by um, a French-Algerian friend of mine here who took me to a mosque here in L.A., which happens to be down in Koreatown, which was fascinating when I was writing the script, you know, I was doing research, but in, um, in Paris, especially, and in France, you know, um, there's, there's just, 
there's a whole kind of thing going on over there, and some people know about it and some people don't, and this isn't a political film at all. It's actually a romantic comedy. It's like a dark romantic comedy, um, and it's and it's about a, a, an American woman who goes to France, and, um, and like I said, now it's set in Marseille because... Marseille is a port city, and there's a, a larger population of North Africans. And um, and this woman um, goes to uh, goes to Marseille, and she gets mugged by this French Algerian tap dancer, and um, <laughs> wonder, <laughs> and it becomes this sort of really beautiful love story um, about people that you know they think they want one thing. And uh, they end up getting what they need, but in the most unexpected way. So um, I'm very and excited about that. And dancing is film. part of the film. Absolutely, there's a lot of dancing in this film. Um, also, um, it's, it is set in the the world of you know, sadly, what's going on right now with a lot of immigration issues and a lot of racial tension, and um, and how people you know survive within their circumstances. Um, so that film, I am very cool. excited to start. Um, and um, and Dig Me is a script that I wrote um, actually a couple of years ago when I was actually grieving. It sounds funny, but uh, my both my parents passed, as I mentioned, and I was going through a lot of grief and a little depression around that. So I just started writing this very silly sex comedy to cheer myself up. Um, <laughs> It's based on a, a play that I ended up writing years and years and years ago uh, that we did in the 90s. And uh, there's a character who's a a very silly uh, sex therapist, and he makes me laugh. And so from that character, I just started building on that. Um, so I wrote a feature script, but I just recently finished a a, a TV version of, of that uh, world. So we'll see what happens with that. Oh, good. What fun that is. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That, too, would be another new exciting learning curve for you. Absolutely. Absolutely. Now, tell us about the seminars you give on The Total Filmmaker. Well, um, yeah, I'm really excited about that, too. You know, just from this uh, opportunity that I've had making perfection and, and all of this sort of, you know, pitfalls and um, triumphs, you know, I've I've got a lot of information. And I feel like, you know, like I've mentioned before with the IFP, you know, to go into detail of the resources and the um, knowledge that I have now on how to make a micro-budget independent film, I really want to share it with others. So I've created a seminar that um, I will be having here in L.A., um, It'll be Saturday, October 17th. And if you go to my website, which is christinabeck.com, all the information is on there. Um, But it's a one-day seminar. And if you have a story or if you ever just wanted to, you know, find out what it takes to make a micro-budget independent film and you might get inspired to make one of your own if you don't already want to, um, you know, please come because it's, you know, it'll be it'll be a good time, and uh, and I have a lot to share. Great. And what is it? A full day seminar, Christina? It is. It's a full day seminar. Yeah. It starts at nine or ten. It starts at eleven. 
And it, eleven. That's five. more realistic. Okay, eleven. Yeah, eleven to five. To five. And, and yeah. where is it held? Um, it'll be here in Hollywood. Um, and like I said, on my website, all the details are posted. Okay, and that's ChristinaBeck.com website. That's correct. Yes. Yes. Okay. Oh my gosh. Thank you so much for your time and energy and for oh, sharing your wonderful absolutely. story with us, Christina. Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me. And I just wanted to mention one more quick thing. Um, we're doing a special screening of Perfection in Los Angeles on October 25th, which is a Sunday evening. And it's to benefit, uh, there's a writing program that I've been teaching um, to some young women, 18 to 25, that are just coming off the street. And they um, are learning to tell their stories creatively. Um, we've, our, our, um, our sponsor for that is um, Spoken Interludes, which is a wonderful um, writing program that my friend Jelana and Michelle created many, many, many years ago. So on October 25th, we're going to screen perfection and have like a little fundraiser so I can bring the writing group back to these women here in L.A. and to help support them tell their stories and find their voice. Well, and I hope you guys can all come to that. great idea. Christina, that yeah. is a brilliant idea. Yeah, it's going to be a lot of fun. Yeah. So that's going to all be on my website as well. And we have a Facebook page, too. So. And what's the Facebook page? How do we find that? Um, Perfection, the movie, on Facebook. Uh-huh. All right. So, yeah, there's lots of postings on there of what's going on. Okay, fantastic. And so um, we'll have to hear from you in another nine to ten months and find out uh, <laughs> how you're doing with your two exciting films and where you are. Oh, thank you. Thank you so much, Carol. I really appreciate all your support because you, you've been around a while supporting independent film. And, um, you know, I really, really honor what you do. And thank you for giving us all a platform and a place to uh, keep going and doing our thing. Uh, kind of you. Thank you. It's my joy. I love every minute. I know okay. you do. <laughs> you can tell. I do. I love it. Take good care of yourself. Thank you. You too. All right. Thank you, Claire, for um, hosting the show. Sure. And, Christina, it was a, a pleasure, a great pleasure having you on. Thank you. Thank you, Claire. Okay. Hey, bye. Be well, everyone. Thank you. Now, in its second edition, Carol Dean's popular book, The Art of Film Funding, has 12 new chapters to cover all areas of film financing and how to avoid expensive pitfalls. Learn how to start with an idea and end with a trailer. How to make an ask for money. Create your story structure and your trailer legal advice, fair use, successful crowdfunding, how to ask for music rights, and what insurance you can't shoot without. Available on Amazon under Carol Dean and at FromTheHeartProductions.com. I want to remind our listeners that David Raiklin is a brilliant and talented award-winning musician who scores films and can compose music for a trio or for a full orchestra. David is a very good friend to the independent filmmaker and comes highly recommended by From the Heart Productions. 
If you need music to help tell your story, please contact him at davidraiklin.com. That's david, R-A-I-K-L-E-N.com. And Carol and I want to thank you for tuning in to the Art of Film Funding. Please visit our website at fromtheheartproductions.com. You can also find us on Facebook and Twitter. Good luck with your films, everyone.